The Jen, Gabe and Chewy podcast is sponsored by Celsius Energy Drink, and I am here to tell you it makes a huge difference in my mornings. With a unique blend of essential energy and key vitamins, Celsius is your partner to an active lifestyle. My favorite, the peach vibe. Learn more at Celsius.com and pick up Celsius Energy Drinks today. Showtime. The right way to start your day. This is Jen, Gabe and Chewy. Plus 600. It's out there. Are you getting plus 600? Is Joshy getting plus 600? No, I am. For what? We're trying to solve a problem. Not like this. You're not, you're not even looking at the problem. We're very aware of the problem. Okay, good. What's the problem? From you. But, but what's the bet? Like, what do you bet? I have no idea. Wait, no, let's make it that he doesn't get that he doesn't get fifty-two. Is that it? No, that doesn't seem to be the discussion. It's like that he's not a franchise quarterback or something. We all understand what the problem is. We have to okay, replace. Okay, good. What's the problem? The problem is we have to replace three key players in our nope. lineup. What's the problem? Same as it's ever been. We've got to replace these guys with what we have existing. No, nope. what's the problem, Barry? But I'm yeah. not sure where. And we're giving him plus right 600 now. odds that he will say, I told you so. <laughs> the thing is, he'll say, I told you so, no matter what. <laughs> this is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at the Avenue with Gabe Neitzel and Mark Chamara. Here's Jen Latta. She wants to ride it. She's trying to hide it. I'm cool as ever. She's too excited. Her man look like he want to fight. He ain't doing nothing but running his mouth. Talk about it. We all about it. They make the plans. We sit and count. Our chairs stacked just like a mountain. You heard about it. She running her mouth. She wants to ride it. She's trying to hide it. I'm cool as ever. She's too excited. Her man look like he want to fight. He ain't doing nothing but running his mouth. Are we having issues with microphones? Is that what's going on right now? Do I need to move? You're good. I don't know what that was, but you're working out. Well, I turned it on and I turned it off. And then I turned it on. Well, a lot of times that's what works, right? Like, I was having issues yesterday, and sometimes you just got to turn whatever, you got to turn it off or unplug it. I mean, next That's what we do with our cameras all the time. Next, I was going to blow it. (laughs) (laughs) Like the old video game cartridges. What the buck? I wake up this morning, and my favorite morning show on ESPN, big ESPN, Evan, Canty, and Michelle. Do you know what they're talking about, guys? Do you know what the topic of conversation was for Evan, Canty, and Michelle this morning on ESPN Radio? The Milwaukee Brewers signing Brandon Woodruff. Incorrect. Brewers signing Gary Sanchez. That deal finally went through, too. uh, (laughs) We should probably... Maybe later talk about Woodruff. That's I don't want to get sidetracked. <laughs> I didn't think it would work. <laughs> We've been working together for a while now, Joshy. You know that that over here, work. over here, over here, over here. Something shiny. Um, they're talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't like it, guys. I don't like that the Milwaukee Bucks are the topic of conversation for the national radio show because of what appears to be a little big D happening in Milwaukee. Okay, and I'm not talking about defense. I'm talking dysfunction. Feels like there's a little dysfunction circulating around this Milwaukee Bucks team right now. And which door should we open first? Which door should we open on the game show this morning first, guys, as evidence of the dysfunction that seems to be circling around the Milwaukee Bucks? Gabe, do you have a preference of which door, A, B, C, D, E, we open first? Um, I mean, do, do I know what's behind every door? Yeah, you're just guessing. Okay. <laughs> I like door C. How about let's open up door C? Door, what's behind, behind, this? behind door C is the nicest of the dysfunction from this weekend. Behind door C is Shaquille O'Neal talking to Dame Lillard 
on the broadcast this weekend. Josh, do you have Shaquille O'Neal talking to Dame Lillard this weekend? I do. I need a second. No yeah, worries. It, it was on TNT. And this is, by the way, I think that this advice is something that could go a long, long way in solving whatever is ailing the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, so here is Shaquille O'Neal, who we all consider to be a great uh, philosopher when it comes to the NBA. Go ahead. Sorry. Wrong thing. Wrong thing. Well, speaking of dysfunction, look at us acting out the play. So this should give you hope, though, right? Because we're, I would say, mostly functional, even though we're dysfunctional. Wait, but would you say we're successful? Yeah, right? Yeah, okay. So is the bar successful? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, like, then... we've, we've, we've won some awards. Yeah, I guess. You know, we got some things going for us. Sort of feels like they want to take them back. It doesn't well, I mean, ever feel like it. Guess what they can't do, though. Yeah, that's true. You can't take this it back. This ain't the Heisman. You let me know when we got Shaq. We got him. Okay. Dave, I don't have any questions. I'm going to give you some <laughs> advice because I'm your big brother. Yeah. I've been in a position you've been in before. Kenny's been in that position before. You and Giannis, you're being too nice. Yeah. When it all is said and done, it don't work out. Three people going to get blamed. Doc. You and Yana. So you and Yana's got to make sure the troops get it done. There's no reason, that, but with Doc being there, y'all should be three and seven. That right there is on her. So y'all, right. so when you get back, you're going to have to g- grab some people by the necks and say, hey, this is what I need you to do. So you're right. that's my gotcha. advice to you, young brother. Gotcha. You. Dame, I don't. So that is Shaquille O'Neal on TNT this weekend talking to Dame Lillard at the All Star break. Um, Giannis is too nice. Dame is too nice. These are things, these are reasons why the team seems to be floundering right now. Think about, and again, Kobe, I would say, is the ultimate extreme. But one of the videos that always floats around from Kobe is him. Was Mitch Kupchak the the GM at the time, I think, where he, like, yells at Mitch about how bad the team is, like, walking off the practice floor, you know, kind of of calling everyone scrubs. Like, you got to... And Homer made this point on, on Friday as well. A lot of times, teams take the personality of their best player. Because the best player is going to naturally become that leader. So Giannis being a leader by example, because, you know, if, if everybody just followed Giannis, we wouldn't have Doc saying, oh, some players were here, some players were in Kabul. Because Giannis is one of the hardest working dudes in the NBA, if not the hardest working. Like, famously, if you watch the documentary at all on Prime Video, you know how hard he works and why he works that hard. So if you if if it was just that simple, everybody would just follow that lead. But it's not that simple. So it's up to you, your best players and Giannis and Dame, to kind of get everybody in line. Like in professional sports, to me, and we've talked about this before. Like when Doc says some guys were here, some guys were in Cabo. Part of that's on Doc, but a lot of that's on you. You're the professional. You have to show up to work to do what you're supposed to do. And if you're not. A lot of times that then falls on your best players to make sure everybody is falling in line to go with the vision that the coach has set. So there is an article out this morning on TheAthletic.com from our friend Eric Name who talked to Giannis during the All-Star break. And basically it's a one-on-one exclusive conversation that the two of them had. And Giannis talks about the changes. I mean, it's the first thing in the article is how many changes this organization, this franchise has been through over the last year. Even less than a year, but let's just use that as the benchmark because it feels easiest. And... Maybe it's insurmountable, Gabe. Maybe the number of changes that this organization has gone through in the last year is just too much, right? You're testing the recipe, you're trying to get it right, and you've just changed too many of the ingredients, and it's not going to produce the caliber, the the championship caliber cake that you've been looking for. Maybe that's just the reality here. 
Um, but the the issue is, we just hit the All Star break. You got basically, not exactly, but metaphorically speaking, a half of a season left for them to right this ship. Is that enough time? Do they have enough time to get it right? Because all signs right now are pointing to the answer, no. No, I think they've got enough time. They've got enough talent. You just got to get starting everybody in kind of rowing in the right direction because we saw how good this can be. And and honestly, I, as a Bucks toad, had every excuse ready to go. Like I, I could explain away the bad six-game road trip, and I was willing to point to the game the Monday before the All-Star break against the Nuggets here in Milwaukee. Like, they dominated that game. They looked great in that yeah, game. That's true. Played great offense, played great defense. Like, oh, okay, this is what this can look like. Then they lose to the Heat the next night, and, and you know what? I, I, I didn't like it, but... Second okay, of you a can, back-to-back. Second night of a back-to-back. Yep. He'd have their number, yada, yada, yada. Like, I, no I, Jimmy I Butler, had though. every single excuse ready to go until that Memphis game. Like, the Memphis game, there's no excuses. Like, G.G. Jackson can't be scoring 27 points. Right. He can't be losing to that team. Like, you just can't. So that it was I mean, GG in the G League is what yeah, that game was. It was it was just tough to watch. Like it just seemed like, and any time they started getting momentum, it would just get stifled. So can't you still excuse that away with the All Star break though? Isn't it pretty simple and easy to just excuse that away with? Let's just get to the break, man. We have gone through so much in the last few months that we just need a break, and we're looking ahead, senioritis and stuff, and that's part of why they just fell of that team. But that was a game you needed to have. Like, just to kind of send a message. So, honestly, because if they don't lose to Memphis, I don't think a lot of these conversations are happening. I totally agree. Totally agree. Shaq is not giving advice on the TNT set to Dame. Unsportsmanlike isn't talking about it this morning. Doc Rivers maybe isn't giving the interview that he gave, which we'll get into in the second hour of the show this morning, because maybe Doc is part of the problem. Let's have the conversation that J.J. Reddick sort of teed up. Joshy, I do want to hear from Unsportsmanlike this morning, because Chris Canty had a take on the Milwaukee Bucks. Of all things, they're talking Milwaukee Bucks nationally. I just want to know when it's okay to panic. I mean, if firing the head coach when you have the second best record in the conference before the All-Star break isn't the time to panic, isn't the time to sound the alarm, when is it okay to panic about what we're seeing from the Milwaukee Bucks? Because I feel like this is the time now. After the Doc Rivers comments yesterday when he was questioning what the hell ownership was doing, and you could sense him walking it back a little bit in terms of how he framed it, but when he's questioning what the hell ownership is doing before he steps into the job, I, I just... I don't know that that's going to lend itself to being able to have success. So when is it okay to panic about what's going on in Milwaukee? So that brings us to our Seinfeld scale of concern this morning for the Milwaukee Bucks. Because we had said, when they made the change from Adrian Griffin to Doc Rivers, we said, look, it's going to take a little bit of time. They don't have a lot of practices. They're going to have to be doing this stuff on the fly. But by the All-Star break, you should see signs. Maybe that Denver Nuggets game is the sign that you're going to have to cling to as a Bucks fan. You should see signs that they are riding the ship, that they are getting this sucker figured out. I may, gotta, I may have to push that back. We may have to push that back. We may have to give them another two weeks or something like that, Gabe, because right now my concern level on the Seinfeld scale is stressed. It's not yada, yada, yada. It's you look a little stressed. I'm not freaking out. But I got to be honest with you, I'm closer to freaking out than I am to yada, yada, yada. 800-990-3776 this morning. What is your uh, level of concern for the Milwaukee Bucks? Yada, yada, yada. You look a little stressed. I'm freaking out. Because, Gabe, maybe the All-Star break was an unfair mark. It just felt easy because that's when we measure a lot of things, right? By the break. Baseball. By the break. Let's see where they are by the break. Let's see where they are by uh, Memorial Day. Let's see where they are by Labor Day. Blah, blah, blah. I, maybe we need more time. 
I don't think they're going to come out of this All-Star break on Friday and look like they did against the Denver Nuggets. I think you need to give them the next five to six weeks, heading into April. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. You've got eight games in April, so I think you're there, there's, there are still going to be ups and downs. And, again, part of this is, and I think this is almost true in just about any sport when you have the talent that the Bucks do, Regular season doesn't really matter. Oh, see, I don't think we can say that anymore. Regular season does. Because well, all I you have to do think, is get in. I think you've been able to say that when the Bucks have been far and away the best team in the NBA. When it has been obvious that night after night they are just absolutely destroying other teams. That they are of the superior talent, that they have the superior play calling, that they have the superior coach. Say what you will about Mike Budenholzer. The dude won a title. But that you can I don't think you can say that anymore. Yeah. I think the regular season matters for a lot of reasons because that's the only time that this team has to figure it out. And you're gonna need to see signs, Gabe, during the regular season that they can be the team to win the whole thing. But but again, that's what I'm saying. Like wins and losses don't matter. Like they're gonna be in the playoffs. They have enough talent that and and ultimately you're not gonna care if they lost to Memphis or if they lost this upcoming Friday. What's going to matter is what they do in the postseason because that can erase everything, right? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're the three seed. doesn't matter if you're the two seed. doesn't matter if they, how they won the championship as a three seed. Like, it doesn't matter if they're able to fight and be really close with Boston at the end of the regular season. No, because the only thing that matters is can you beat Boston in seven games when we hit June? But this is a new version of a Bucks team. To use the same old standard, I think, is a fool's errand. That standard was great for that team because they had shown they can do it, which is why last season we were like, this team won the title. This almost exact iteration of this team won the title, so we really don't care what they do in the regular season because we know that they have the capacity to win the whole dang thing. This version of the Bucks, we haven't seen that from yet. In fact, what we've seen has been the D-word, dysfunction. And I don't mean that they're at each other's throat. And I don't mean that they dislike each other. But it is dysfunctional on the court. You're championship or bust, right? Yes, I think Bucks are championship or bust Then this year. the only thing that matters is the playoffs. The regular season doesn't matter. In terms of, yes, getting some of these things figured out, that's what the regular season is for. Winning or losing these games, like it's just it's, it's not that important. The important thing for them, if they're championship or bust, and I know Evan said the same thing this morning on Unsportsman, like that the only way to make all this go away is to have them win a championship. So if that is the only thing that matters, then we can't be freaking out over regular season. We have to give them time. We can't go, whoa, we fair, why, fair, are we, fair, why are we freaking fair, out fair. if Hold these on. are things that are happening? What signs have you seen so far that this team can win the title? Uh, the way they played against Denver. This, um, a week ago for Monday. That doesn't feel right now to the exception as the exception to the rule. That's what it feels like to me right now. But it, but they've just only because had... they've shown that capability, just because they've shown that they have that in them, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they can do it consistently because they haven't shown they can do it consistently. And in order to win the title in the playoffs, you got to play that high level of basketball consistently. But you don't have to play it now in February. You don't have to play it in March. That's why I'm saying you get to the end of March, you kind of find your stride, and you hit the postseason running. That's why, to me, there's there's going to be more dysfunction. Don't get me wrong. There are going to be more times, I guarantee you, where Doc is going, what is going on? It's going to take them a little bit of time. Because those 10 games, we knew what that stretch of 10 games was. I mean, Doc even broke it down. The six games that they had on the road in the West, then they come home to a back-to-back. Like It was a, a, an unbelievable, in, in an era where scheduling like that's not supposed to happen anymore, and then it still does to the Bucks. and that was the time they decided to fire their coach. Like, things are just going to naturally happen. But now, I think at this point, you let February play out, 
You try to hit the ground running in March. Like, that's the time, to me, is to freak out. Because there are still 25 games left. There's still more than a quarter of the season left in this thing. And that's enough time with a veteran coach like Doc, with a player like Dame, with one of the best players in the NBA, if you think he's the MVP in Giannis, to figure this out and get things going in the right direction. Sounds to me like Gabe is at the yada, yada, yada stage of the Seinfeld stages of concern. We'll talk to him about that. We'll get reaction from our loyal listeners. 800-990-3776. Lots of reaction rolling in this morning. We'll continue our Bucks talk right after this on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. How do you get to 10 in NFL in the football game? How do you do that? Uh, you can have five safeties. <laughs> That's a great point. Um, Which would also be a see. great endorsement for Derek Carr. Two field goals, Continue. two safeties. Two field goals, two also safeties. Also a great endorsement for the quarterback. <laughs> yes. Continue. What else do we have? Uh, On 94.5 ESPN. I don't know that the Milwaukee Bucks right now have any other choice, and it's not their choice, but to win a championship for this to work. Like, I don't think you can get to the finals for this to be considered a success, no. the Easter Conference Finals. I think this is as much pressure as any team in sports right now has. Like, the only way out of this is to win. Like, you, ha- the only way to shut everyone up is to win, and not just win enough to be a two-seed, win it all. That's our buddy Evan Cohen on Unsportsmanlike this morning talking about the Milwaukee Bucks and not because they are absolutely lighting it up, lighting it up. Oh, he, so he was a fan of the documentary on Monday? Maybe he's a fan of the Bucks Plus stuff. No? I'm sure both of those things are true, actually. <laughs> I'm sure he's a fan of the doc and I'm sure he's a fan of Bucks Plus. But the conversation they were having was not glowing. It was, mm. what the hell is wrong with the Milwaukee Bucks right now? So we have our Seinfeld scale of concern, 800-990-3776. Gabe, where are you on the Seinfeld scale of concern? I'm still, again, I'm trending towards just being a little stressed, but it's more yada, yada, yada. I think you have to give Doc more time to figure this thing out. Like, realistically, because they were, I mean, there were kind of murmurs and rumblings of, oh, can they actually do this? Are they actually going to fight? Like, if they would have let go of Griffin... Like, before their back-to-back games in Detroit against the Pistons. Like, gave this thing more runway. Instead, they threw Doc in at probably the worst point in the schedule to try to do this in the middle of the season. We got to give it a little bit more time. Have to give it a little bit more time. Have to be a little bit more patient. I understand everything around you is putting pressure on things, but you got to give it a little bit more time because it's still so young in, in terms of where we are in the doc tenure. All right, reaction rolling in from our loyal listeners this morning, 800-990-3776. Dave from Aaron saying, I agree with Gabe. After three-fourths of the season, we can judge then. It's about catching fire at the right time. Packers caught fire at the right time this year, too. Ryan from Agonago weighing in saying, though, honestly, they are not a team, no chemistry. And honestly, that's kind of what Chu was saying this morning when we were talking about this. Like, Giannis needs to take some responsibility for the issues that are facing the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Right, Chu? Yes. It's a team that's dysfunctional right now, going back to from to what Doc Rivers said. I mean, I don't know why he would say that. There, there, there's some things you can't say out loud. I think that's one of them. Would you agree? Yeah, probably. We'll, get, we'll, re, we'll play the sound a little bit later in the show. But, yeah, I think a lot of people heard Doc Rivers say that he didn't understand why the organization had made the change they did. And then Giannis... I don't know. Guys like that have to be out in front of things. And for Doc to make that – have you 
Have you made the uh, played the audio where where Doc says half of them were there and then half of them were in Cabo? Yeah, that was after the Memphis game this past week. That, that should not happen with you know what that should happen with a Packers offense this year that's young and doesn't know how this stuff works. It shouldn't be happening with Brooke Lopez, Giannis, uh, Chris Middleton, uh, Dame. Le- These guys have been in the league for a long time, and that's why you know. I, I hear from people sometimes at the locker room. You know, when you say you need a good locker room, people will say that's overrated. It is. It's so true. Once it, and we saw it. Who just lost the locker room? Thinking back, there was um, Staley. Who? Brandon Staley. Yeah, yeah. It, my, it was something like. But it is a real thing, and it was a real thing when we had Ray Rhodes there. We knew it was over because. The veteran players were controlling Ray, and we stopped going in pads. We were practicing half-ass with a veteran team like that. And the problem then was half the guys knew it, and then half guys didn't care because practice was so easy. So how much – true, how much can that be cured, though, with winning? Because I feel like – one one man's dysfunction, if you're winning, then those become cute little, oh, that's just, you know, their personality Quirks. showing. Yeah, that, that, that becomes quirky because you've shared some stories from the locker room from like the 96 team where yeah. if you guys were 9-7, and seven, maybe it's looked at defunct, dysfunctional, but because you were 13-3 and three and such a damn good team, oh, I mean, Wayne Simmons was just crazy. That's the guy he was, you know, ha, yeah. ha, ha. Yeah, but there was a time, Gabe, after that three-game stretch that, no, we either lost two or three in a row. We went to uh, St. Louis, one of the worst teams in the league, and we were ahead 10-7 to 7 at halftime. And the coaches did not say one word in that locker room, and it was a yell fest. It was I, I've never been around anything like it in my life. It was just like there were no um, halftime adjustments. It was just what are we doing, screaming at one another. So we got that out of our system, won that game, and then went immediately back to uh, Green Bay. And that Monday, first thing out of the gate was a team meeting. And it was, here's what we have to do. And I've never been a big team meeting guy because, uh, you know, most of them are just blowhard and, and meet to meets. standing and stuff like this. But this is like, we need to run the table. We're too good. We need to run the table, and we wind up running the table. So this season isn't lost, but they need to all get on the same page. And let me ask you guys, because I don't know a lot of the history about Doc. Is he known for saying things like this? I think it's part of the reason why he was brought in. I mean, in, in terms of – so I think we got a couple different things going on with Doc, right? So the first one with the Cabo thing, I think he's trying to hold a locker room accountable that was lost by the previous coach. You know, and then – the second thing we have with what he said to Sirius XM about, man, I don't know why management was, why management did this. To me, Doc is trying to get out in front of, I didn't fire this guy. Because I think that's part of the narrative, right? Because the story came out of him, oh, he was consulting, and the ownership brought him in, and he's trying to be like, hey, I had nothing to do with firing this guy. I even I even disagreed with ownership when they came to me and said that they fired this guy. So I think he's trying to distance himself as somebody who stabbed another coach in the back and make sure that everybody knows that that's not what happened. 800-990-3776. Where are you on the Seinfeld scale of concern for the Milwaukee Bucks? Yada, yada, yada. And Gabe says he's sitting in the yada, 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 but he's creeping towards stressed. I am firmly in the stressed. 
creeping towards freaking out. Go ahead and weigh in on that on our Jen, Gabe, and Chewy Twitter account. We do have reaction rolling in. We will continue uh, getting to that all morning long. we got to take a break, though. We've got Adam Schefter coming up next to give us our fix of the NFL. That's next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Have you guys tried Celsius Energy Drink yet? If you haven't, how many more times do I have to tell you about them? Because you know that it is the energy drink that I need to get through my day. And of course, the peach vibe, my go-to flavor. But I'm telling you, man, that sparkling grapefruit is really making a run at the number one spot on the leaderboard. You can find Pick and Save. Um, you can find Celsius, rather, at Pick and Save. You can probably find a Pick and Save near you as well. But also available on Amazon.com. I encourage you to stay active and energized all day long with Celsius Essential Energy Drinks. Adam Schefter next on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Everyone's go-to source for all NFL news. Adam Schefter teased some big breaking news. Adam, you've told us about it. What do we got? Adam's on the phone. Adam, yeah, more, Adam yeah, you have I more just, news? What do you got? They're going with another move. And he was the man who knows all. Adam Schefter. And we're going to get right to some breaking news here that just came down. This tweet from Adam Schefter. It's ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. The Bears look dead. The Vikings look dead. And so the division comes down to Detroit and Green Bay. Adam Schefter on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy is presented by Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin. There is a difference. Also sponsored by Island Resort and Casino. Adam Schefter is presented by Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin's ASAP Clinic. It's available in Brookfield and Pewaukee and McGuanago. And listen, this is really all you need to know about the ASAP clinics, right? They're faster, they're easier, they're less expensive than an ER or urgent care. What more do you need to know? Faster, easier, less expensive. And they can handle all the things, the sprains, the strains, the fractures, the lacerations, the dislocations, and more. So if you find yourself in a situation where you need an ER or an urgent care, make the turn to Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin's ASAP Clinic. There is a difference. Always great to be joined by Adam Schefter. Good morning, Adam. How are you doing today? Jen, Gabe, Chewy, how's everybody doing today? We're doing well. Um, I'm thinking about the combine, and I'm thinking about how we've had conversations here with uh, Jason Wilde about how the Packers coaches will not be at the combine. Are you seeing this trend more from a lot of teams of where it's just the the GM who's showing up there and maybe some scouts and whatnot? Are you seeing more teams not going to the combine, and why do you think that is? Well, uh, now, are you telling me that none of the Packers coaches are going at all? None? From our understanding, that is correct. Yeah, th- that I have not heard very often. Um, what I have seen is more and more head coaches are staying away. There have been, I have heard, select coaches on certain staffs staying back at various points in time for various reasons. Um, I, I don't believe that I've heard a full staff, nobody, going to the combine. Now, I'm not overly surprised to hear that, and I, and I do think that we're moving in that sort of direction, and we're moving in that direction because, uh, number one, the combine is as much about medicals as anything else, and the medicals take the priority. The second biggest component is in-person interviews. So if you've got in-person interviews that you can't do there, so what? You get 30 in-person visits where they could fly 30 prospects that they want to talk to into Green Bay and do that then. like And, and by the way, these interviews have become so staged um, and so rehearsed from the agencies that represent these players. So, uh, honestly, like to me, the combine's become like this big football convention. 
where you have agents who are there in advance to to do deals on behalf of their clients or at least get a lay of the land. You've got front offices meeting with the agents for their players. You've got coaching staffs. And, and, and really, I don't think it's critical that the coaching staffs be there anymore. I, I just don't think it's critical. So I haven't heard of a team keeping its entire staff home. I'm not surprised. I think we're going in that direction more and more. And Green Bay, I think, is uh, taking the leap here and jumping to the forefront of this. Adam, it is the season of speculation. And with that that being said, we saw uh, Justin Fields unfollow the Bears on social media the other day. What does that tell us? Well, I I can tell you what it tells you. He actually did a podcast with the same Brown brothers uh, that's going to be posted this morning. And the way I understand it is, is that he believes, as he will explain in his words on this particular podcast with the Sam Brown brothers, he believes in his words that that there's too much noise out there. And, and he's trying to just block it all out. So he unfollowed the Bears. He unfollowed the NFL. He unfollowed all the noise that's surrounding his name. Now, uh, that's the explanation he offers. You could buy it, not buy it, believe it, not believe it. That's up to you. But I think that you're talking about the speculation here, Chewy, and, and I, I think that that's right. Like, if you're a player whose future is in flux, if you're a player whose contract is up, if you're a player who's been rumored to be on the trade market, uh, there's just a lot of talk. And if you're a quarterback and you're a quarterback of a big market team, it becomes even more magnified. And, and not saying that <laughs> it's right or wrong, but – you can understand where Justin Fields would just say, I'm, I'm tired of all the talk. I don't want to hear it anymore. So let me just unfollow everybody. Now, in 2024, it becomes a news story. And we debate it. And we talked about it on shows like this. What does it mean? Um, but the fact of the matter is, you know what? I think everybody gets tired of the noise sometimes. And that, in the end, I believe, is what Justin Fields was doing. Adam, We've been getting ready for Packers offseason, and with kind of some of the changes they're making to their defense, it seems like safety is going to be more important to their defense than it has been in years past. But we talked with Pete Thamel over at ESPN. He said it's not a great draft class for safeties. We take a look at free agency, and maybe there's not a great safety out there. Is that a position that kind of quietly teams, I mean, they don't get paid the most, but at the same time, when they have a really good one, they're not going to let them walk out the door the way we've seen like Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams get traded from their teams. Well, I I get a couple of things about this. Number one, I think there are a whole host of NFL teams that all need secondary help and and in particular safety help. There are a lot of teams. It's not just Green Bay. And, you know, it's interesting to me, and and I guess the game has evolved and changed to where safeties – can be used as linebackers, they can be used as pass rushers, they can be used as quarterbacks in the defense, they can be used in a lot of different ways. Here's, here's a story that's kind of funny. Um, and, 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 and it combines some of the things that we're talking about here with the combine uh, and all the other things like that. But I remember going to the combine, I've been going to the combine every year since, oh, I don't know, the early 1990s. So we're talking about 30 plus years of all this stuff with the combine, right? And so I remember going to the combine one year and spending time with this player 
and coming back. And I called Mike Shanahan, who was coaching the Broncos at the time, and I'm like, hey, I, I met a guy that I spent some time with that I thought was unbelievable. I, I, I'm telling you, I think he'd be a great guy for you to draft. And I came back and I read about the guy, and I, you know, I, I did a whole bunch of things related to the guy, like working to the guy, and I told Mike about it. I'm like, this is a guy that, to me, you, you got to go draft. And he's like, who is it? Um, and I said, it's this safety from Miami named Ed Reed. <laughs> and he go, he looked at me and he goes, you can always find a safety. And I said, okay, no problem. I, you know, I, I thought it was a good suggestion. Um, this would have been in 2002, 22 years ago. And uh, that year, instead, they took the wide receiver, Ashley Lilly. Uh, I always remind Mike about that. I'm like, I told you to take Ed Reed. You wanted Ashley Lilly. We see how that worked out. And and I think that his thoughts on safety at that time uh, were typical and representative of the way the league has felt about safety for a long period of time. And I think only recently, he had safety taken on an added level of importance and value in the league to the point where now you're talking about Green Bay needing one, other teams needing one. And I think teams valuing the position the way that I believe they always should have. Adam, what's the latest on the salary cap? When will we get that number? What are you expecting it to be? There's obviously reports and rumors out there. Um, what are you hearing? Yeah, I, mean, I would imagine we'll be getting it here, um, obviously, in the coming weeks. You have to because the new league year starts Wednesday, March 12th, I believe it is. So uh, almost exactly a month from now. And, and I think the speculation is it's going to be somewhere around, what, $250 million. Um, I, Jenna, I'll, I'll get back to you. I'm going to be in Indy next week. I'll, I'll have a figure for you, hopefully. And in fact, it's a good reminder. We, get, we have to do the show at a different time next week because I'm flying to Indy at this time. So uh, I, I've got to have uh, uh, your guy reach out and, and arrange a different thing. We can do it the day before, the day after from Indy, whatever it is. But have Josh let me know which, what works for you all. Adam, are there going to be any rule changes on the docket coming up this offseason? Anything big? Well, there are always rule changes. That's an that's a owner's meetings issue. Now they'll talk about it. The competition committee will talk about it at the combine. The one thing that I think stands out is the league just continues to want to try to do away with the kickoff. They want to make that play extinct. Uh, and, you know, we see Devin Hester getting into the Hall of Fame on the strength of his so many great returns. And I think the league is just moving in a direction to where at some point in time, sooner rather than later, uh, the kickoff will no longer be a part of the game. That's what the league wants to do. They they view it as a dangerous play. I don't think it's going to happen this offseason. That would surprise me. But the league is moving towards that uh, specific rule change. I'm unaware of any, but there's always a couple of little things that usually get passed. Adam, today's National Sticky Bun Day. What's Adam Schefter's oh, oh, go-to sweet wow. treat? Wow. Sticky bun. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I, I, Are you, you know, unfamiliar I, with the sticky bun? Well, no, I'm familiar with the sticky <laughs> bun. I, I just don't have too many sticky buns. What um, makes it a sticky bun instead yeah. of just a bun? I think it's the sugar. and roll. Yeah, I think it's the, the sugar and the different things they put on top that make it, you know, a little sticky. What What, what is your go-to sticky bun? Like... What is it? 
Go to like if if I can have like a really good piece of cheesecake. Like I'm talking about like a, like a dessert, a sweet treat, something like that. Like cheesecake is always going to be my go-to. Like if somebody can make a really good cheesecake, and then cheesecake is versatile. There's so many different things you can do with it as well. Like yeah, that that's that's where I kind of go. Wait, but but that falls into the sticky bun family. Like well, I'm just asking for a sweet treat, Adam. Just you know, not necessarily uh, sticky bun. Like otherwise, yeah, I'd probably go. You know, if we're talking about sticky buns and donuts. Then you know I'm, I'm going like traditional cinnamon roll. Nothing's better than the Krispy Kreme donut. When that ca- that Ooh. thing is like Ooh. addictive, for oh. sure. Why they went away? If you get a warm one, yeah, yeah. Oh. No, it's on, game baby. over. Yeah. Game over. Yeah. How many times did Gabe say sticky bun? Yeah, there's a lot of sticky buns <laughs> going on in the last minute. I thought sticky bun was after a bad wipe. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard sticky bun. I'm now not going to want to eat any. <laughs> Mark Shimura taking out the entire sticky bun market with one comment this morning on Jen Gavin. Oh, we danced around it. He single-handedly destroyed the sticky bun. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, and, and, and you don't really move on from no. that. Adam, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. Have a great day. Maybe enjoy a sweet treat in honor of National Sticky <laughs> Sticky Bun Day. Thanks, Adam. Happy, happy Sticky Bun Day to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Plan your winter getaway to the Island Resort and Casino. Schedule a relaxing session at the Drift Spa. You can enjoy gaming, casual and fine dining, and great live entertainment. To book your winter getaway, visit islandresortandcasino.com. Today, of course, our friends at Island Resort and Casino bring us our conversations with Shefty each and every Wednesday, although to be determined next week. We'll figure it out. Tuesday, Thursday. Hey, maybe we do it on a Friday. Get crazy. I'm nuts. I'll do anything. This is Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. What we need is a chart. Mm -hmm. And every week, we take the shirtless picture of Chew, and we move that to wherever the prediction is of how many wins that they have. Six, eight, eight, (laughs) six, seven, seven. I think that's how it goes now, right? Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. (laughs) On 94.5 ESPN. Schefter's appearance here on Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. You can always find it on Wisconsin On Demand, wherever you get your podcasts. He did talk a little bit about the safety situation that the Packers find themselves in and what the best direction is for them to find that guy. I want to talk a little bit about this report that was out yesterday, guys. Um, Northwestern says that they will play a home game at Lambeau Field this year. I'm going to repeat that for you because it sounded like a Mad Lib that a child filled in. Northwestern University's football team will play a home game at Lambeau Field this year. Now, they did not mention who the opponent is, but the rumor is that it will likely be Wisconsin on October 19th. Wisconsin would be the away team at Lambeau Field. Chew, your first reaction to all of that information I just shoved in your face. Uh, Mark Murphy's trying to bail out his old program. Oh, and considering I, I, I thought Mark Murphy, I figured had some hand in this. It's yeah. the only yeah, way it. The, totally. the only way any of it actually makes sense. So I is if Mark's like, "Hey, I'll connection. do you a solid." That's so great. Is it more or less dumb? If the opponent isn't Wisconsin, right? It could be any other team that's on the Northwestern schedule, right? Because they haven't released what dates each team is playing at this point. Is it more or less dumb if it's not Wisconsin as the away team at Lambeau Field? 
I think it's less dumb. I think it's completely idiotic <laughs> if Wisconsin is the because then you're only allotted X amount of tickets, I believe, for the visiting team. Or at least that's how it used to go. Yeah, and I would think that Northwestern fans would buy up the majority of the. T- would it's, they? Are there enough Northwestern fans to fill Lambeau? I don't know. I mean, they Ryan Field. I felt like there are a lot. Of, like Arrowhead holds more people say. than Ryan Field Dean. used to. <laughs> like it was like the stadium that they currently play in doesn't hold enough to fill Lambeau Field. Like I think you need Wisconsin fans in order to pack that place to make it actually worthwhile. But then, and hear me out, it's not. A home game for Northwestern. If you fill it with Wisconsin fans, it is by default a home game for Wisconsin. Doesn't that defeat the purpose of having... Like, this is where I feel like Northwestern finds itself in a very precarious situation. Because you want to protect those home games. But you also like the prestige of being able to play in an NFL stadium. But you also know, like Gabe said, you probably don't have enough fans to go up and fill the stadium. So you're going to take the team that exists in, right down the road in Wisconsin, and all of a sudden you're going to forfeit... The home field advantage that you hoped you were getting on that home and, game. And they wouldn't get as big a piece of the pie in their home state. Because that's typically how it works. That The home team gets more of the cash from the TV revenue. And they negotiate that with the visitor, I believe. Isn't that how it's done, Jen? Uh, yeah, there's something to that. I mean, they you get to keep a lot more of the revenue that comes in. But it's a lot of those tickets, my guess is... You just pick them up on StubHub or Vivid yeah. Seats or whatever the Ticket King or whatever the you know your your app of choice. I got but, to I got to imagine that Northwestern's getting a good amount of money for this. Yeah, and that's the only reason you do it. Oh, so it's one of those. It's one of those that it's that uh, third week of the season game where you just go and play and get your brains beat out and then. Well, sure, but like you, you figure out a way to cut the the money up with the Packers, and you're getting more money than you would for a typical home game, right? Where does the money come from? Is it? Are you saying like the TV, like Chewy yeah. implied? Because I know like Alabama when they play, what name the directional school wherever yeah. mm-hmm. they typically give Pay that them. school yeah. money. Oh yeah, Wisconsin does that. With, yeah, you know. So is are we saying that the TV contract is where the money's going? Or I'm not is sure. It, yeah, I'm like confused. the ticket revenue. I don't know. <laughs> okay, like there on. has to be money somewhere. That's wanna, the only way this makes sense. I want to very quickly rattle off the other options for teams that they could put at. Because again, it is not confirmed that Wisconsin will be the opponent. It is just what we are thinking and what most people out there are thinking that could be the opponents for Northwestern. Indiana. Is Indiana Northwestern drawing a crowd? Mm. Thank you. Well, I mean, the good news is they could actually use the parking lot and probably have a couple of spaces left over because there aren't a lot of people going up there. So Ohio State. Now that to me feels like a draw. Am I wrong? Like is like Ohio State fans travel very, yeah. very well. But are they traveling to Green Bay in the middle of the season? Maybe they would take it as a destination if they haven't been to Lambeau Field. See, that's the other thing. You gotta take into account that a lot of Wisconsin fans have already been to Lambeau Field. Can you can you draw upon a, an audience that maybe would make going to Lambeau for the first time um, part of the lure? Iowa. I'm sure there's a lot of Packers. I got fans the schedule here. I wasn't at Iowa this year, too. Oh, it is. Okay. So here are your options. You got Indiana, okay. you got Wisconsin, mm-hmm. you got Ohio State, and you got Illinois. Ugh. Can you imagine Illinois yeah. and Northwestern <laughs> playing at Lambeau Field? <laughs> I'd feel dirty. 
It just doesn't feel right. It seems yeah, but like- as soon as you hear this and mention Mark Murphy, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, now I get sure, it. Sure, sure, that part makes sense to you, but if, like, Illinois and Northwestern, two Illinois schools are coming up to, like, the state of Illinois, is never, we're never going to let them forget that, that they had to come all the way up to Green Bay to find a decent enough field for those two schools to play. And they're not going to come for spite. <laughs> <laughs> What? Brett, Brett's going to keep we his team in Champaign? And now we're going there with the University of <laughs> Illinois. That ain't happening. Would would they not want Ohio State? Because I would imagine Ohio State's fan base is going to fill that stadium more than Northwestern's. So, like, you're kind of lose-lose if it's Ohio State or Wisconsin. I actually think it's that way for any. Like, either it's you have to pick your poison. It's yeah. either the fan base is going to be the opponent's fan base that is filling the stadium. right? Mm-hmm. And again, I'm taking nothing away from Northwestern fans, but Gabe's point is well made. Ryan Field is a small facility. So, are there a lot of people who would be destinationing? up to Lambo who have never been to Lambo before who would just be using it for that as well that would kind of like be the the other fans but or you, okay. you're, or no. you're not going to fill it you're going to have an Indiana and a and a Northwestern or a Illinois and Northwestern which again can we just could we just take Illinois off the table yeah. like the idea of Northwestern and Illinois both playing at Lambo Field is comical to me I mean that's I think that's why I'm rooting for it you hope that's the I'm rooting for it. I might go up there for it. If it's Wisconsin or Ohio State, doesn't it go to like Fox or CBS? And then if it's Indiana or Illinois, it's on directional Big Ten networks. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Ten North. Yeah. <laughs> they might need to do that. They expand it. Peacock yeah. only. Yeah. I mean, the the idea of playing at an NFL stadium is certainly appealing. I'm sure that those kids and those players would love the opportunity to play at Lambeau Field, regardless of who their opponent is. It just feels like if you slot the easy selection of Wisconsin in as the opponent, you've just made your job a hell of a lot harder. Because all those people are going to get all riled up. Wisconsin fans, as we well know, pre-party. And they pre-party good. Which is why money has to be involved, right? It's the only reason you do this if you're Northwestern. Is if you're getting paid. Like, are the Packers, would the Packers too, would the Packers actually pay Northwestern to come up there? I wouldn't think so. Because, I mean, because the only other game they had up there was Wisconsin LSU, which was big time. They've got Mm -hmm. Wisconsin Notre Dame coming up there, which is going to be big time. By definition. When is that Wisconsin Notre Dame game? 26 or 27. Okay, so that's not this season. No, I think it's 26 or 27. So maybe no. Wisconsin gets up there this season, and it's just... Sorry this about just, it. <laughs> this just smells of Murphy helping uh, bail out the whole Fitzgerald debacle and get them some Oh, some positive exposure. press, some yeah, good press. That, that'd be my guess. I yeah. don't think he's that wrong. No, I, it's <laughs> no, the best no. answer. I thought about it all last <laughs> night, and I didn't come... Yeah, because nothing else... Ma- like. Even the Murphy angle doesn't totally make sense, but it makes the most sense. There's nowhere it's else. Mark yeah. Murphy. Do right. they know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it leaves you every possibility. Yeah. But do they know that there's an NFL stadium down the road in yeah. Illinois? Nobody wants to go. I mean, is there, is, is there really, <laughs> is there really an, an NFL, NFL stadium? stadium? Come on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's zoned for that game. Wink, but <laughs> wink. <laughs> what did Jay Cutler call it? Cow pasture? <laughs> 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 no, the rest is like, even we won't play on that field. <laughs> All right, Jen Gabe and Chewy rolls on after this.